In a world of digital card apps, one man. There's actually two of them. Two men. And sometimes a guest. Two men and sometimes a guest will guide us on a journey there and back again. No one's traveling. It's a podcast. The Digital Cross-Trading Podcast. And now, the hosts of the DXT Podcast, Aaron Vine and Mark Bernetti. Hello, everybody. It's the DXT Podcast. I'm Aaron Viney78 on all tops, apps, and quid. And I'm procrastinating underscore com on upper decky back. Well, good morning, sir. I am Mark. I am Drake Iago on the tops, apps. And welcome to another episode of, of, uh, of the Star Wars live action a review show. Um, that's what we are now, uh, which is great, uh, especially when you got episodes like this one. All right, so what we're doing is we're going to be reviewing Ahsoka episode six, which is called, um, uh, what was it called? Far, 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 far away. I think it was. Yeah, far, far away. So, um, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts on this on this episode, um, but we're going to go ahead and, and we're going to let Aaron wax about how what he thought about this episode. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this, this episode was as Star Warsy as I think you can get. Um, so many great things about this episode. Uh, from the way that it started, um, where Ho Yang is like, you know, telling a tale about a galaxy far, far away, um, that was a really nice touch to to go into the opening um, emblem uh, to really just moving things along, um, where we very quickly in grand fashion get to see this huge star destroyer um, that uh, brings um, Thrawn in, uh, getting to see three Night Sisters right away with with a very interesting little uh, um, device that they all have. Um, that was really cool um, to see the the new stormtroopers and the dude called Enoch or whatever um that dude is interesting uh i love the use of the little um animal that was in that that um sabine was riding i thought that that was really good uh i love the little uh turtley grasshopper things um i thought that was great i thought that was a, a good type of uh you know alien to have in there like them um, getting to see um, Ezra again made me happy. Um, so there was just a, a lot in this episode that just was really, really good. And if you take episode four, five, and six, uh, I do feel that that this would have been a, a, a really good movie. Um, and it's still 
isn't ending yet. So we have we have two more episodes left to go. So I'm curious to see what happens next week. But a lot of great stuff, in my opinion, in this episode. Well, I mean, hey, what am I supposed to say from that? Uh, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think that I like this episode, or I had, I had different kinds of feelings, but similar feelings that I had for, um, episode four. I, but I think this one is my favorite. Okay. And Yes. So let's just kind of break this down. I mean, uh, let's just put it this way. We're running into a a, a string of, uh, I mean, stuff we've been waiting um, since 2012 for. And uh, and boy, what a win. So starts off. I had heard prior to this episode that there was no Ahsoka in it at all, or very little. I guess mm-hmm. it was very little. And what we did get, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, uh, I was definitely surprised first seeing first seeing that they were in hyperspace. I was not expecting them to immediately pick up with Ahsoka. I was expecting it just to purely switch over to the bad guys, which we talked about that, right? Yeah, we and, did. And then, um, so Ahsoka, um, if she's Ahsoka White, and if she has, now has a clear mind of just trusting in the Force, she still needed a little bit of pointers from Huye. And, uh, yeah, she still needed some pointers because she was still pretty negative. She was still um, kind of in the, you know, a little bit in the uh, Ahsoka which people are calling her. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and and I would say that maybe at the end of this thing, Hu Yang finally like put the exclamation point on the on the teaching, right? That um, he didn't say this. You have to just trust in the force, right? But really, I think that was what the point is, right? That might have been her only choice. You don't know how it was from her perspective. You really don't know what the force is asking us to do. Right. Mm. And, and obviously us as viewers, you know, in the big scheme of things, we know that whatever happened had to happen because that's what's going to end up making the good guys win. Right. So, yes, it might make it harder on them, but it's probably going to be the right move. Right. Because maybe Ezra is something that the galaxy needs. OK. So either way, all that esoteric stuff, um, you have the uh, what do you think she meant? What do you think uh, Hu Yang meant, and what do you think she meant when she said that part one of uh, History of the Galaxy 1, 2, and 3, that part one was the best? Was she saying it sarcastically? Was she saying it – I thought she said it – You know, I didn't think she said it sarcastically, but she might have. What do you think that was meant by that? Obviously, it has some layered stuff in it, but what do you think? Um, I mean, I, I guess um, I didn't think that much into it. Um, when I was watching it, um, I kind of took it as like, just like mindless banter. But I mean, if we were to analyze it, part one, what would that be? I mean, would, would that be, uh, the fall of the Jedi temple or would that be, uh, you know, the, uh, high, the high Republic, uh, era? I don't know. 
Right, 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 right. Well, High Republic, huh? History of the Galaxy, one, two, and three. Yu Yang is like he's at least ten thousand years old. He might be even older than that. Um, so his history of the world or his history of the galaxy likely would be Dawn of the Jedi, right? Part one, history. Mm -hmm. of the all the things of the colonization from the core worlds, the whole discovery of the force, the beginning of hyperspace travel. Honestly, stuff that to me is much more interesting than Old Republic. Um, uh, which I, that, I think that's what he, they meant in universe. Meta universe, it could be that uh, Ahsoka would like the prequels more. It could mean Ahsoka thinks uh, from Filoni's version, uh, from Filoni's perspective, maybe what they're trying to say is that the OT was the best, right? So right. either way, fun stuff. And yeah. for him to coin, um, I'm going to take it in universe, and I'm going to say that that was, a, that was a way of basically telling people to get excited about the Dawn of the Jedi. Which is the possible movie that they're they're bringing out with um, Mangold? Okay, right. so right. Uh, so then he says, uh, "Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away." Uh, I want to talk. About, I want to talk about Mangold. Sure. For a quick second, did you see um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? I have not seen it yet. It's only available for purchase right now, and I'd mm -hmm. rather or just wait for it to come out in Disney Plus. Alright. So um so I didn't get to see the movie in the theater. Um and I really wanted to see it bad. So I did pony up and, and paid for it uh to add it to my voodoo um account. Big baller shot caller. What? You're a big baller shot caller. Yeah, right. So I had free time and I was like, I gotta see this movie. I was like, I just can't wait any longer. So um he did, in my opinion, he did a really good job. I liked this Indiana Jones. And, like, it bothers me, like, when I see a movie like this from, like, a legacy movie like this. And I just remember when, like, it came out in the theater. I mean, listen, I know that I'm, I'm part of the problem, too, because I didn't run out and go see it. But with that being said... You know, yet so many like people reviewing the movie, and they were like, "This is awesome! This is great!" They were like coming up with their stupid like, you know, like just reviews of absolute like just trying to make themselves sound good, right? But there were so many great things to this movie, and I felt like I was really back in an Indiana Jones movie again, unlike where uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So the reason why this is so exciting to me is because that dude Mangold was the one who directed this this film. Yeah. And so that gave me a lot of hope that he would do some good things for what he does with Star Wars. I, I, I agree with you that prior to the movie coming out, I was feeling pretty excited. Thoughts were the trailer was really nice for that movie. And... Um, uh, but, but, uh, well, let's just put it this way. That movie did not do well. It did, did terrible. Not do well. Yeah. Not uh, do well. And whether it was good or not, Lucasfilm looks at how well the movie does. We know Lucasfilm overreacts to things. 
or yeah. properly react. I don't know, right? Is is because Solo did bad? Does that mean that they want to now do a Lando movie? I don't know. Are they learning from it? Are they not learning? I don't know, right? So there's a rumor that the Lando show is actually going to be a movie now. I don't know if you heard that. I did hear that. Yeah. So I haven't seen the movie yet, so I really don't know. But but to me, um, you know, to me, I'm starting to get the feeling that there's very few people that I trust to give the full thought and attention that is needed for Star Wars. My opinion, Star Wars movies now, in this day and age, are a much harder challenge than any other type of movie you can come up with. There is too much baggage. There is now too much history of the way Disney has dealt with this thing. There is too much nostalgia, too much uh, heart you know, connection between Star Wars and its fan base. Indiana Jones, I love me some Indiana Jones. They are some fantastic movies, and they had, I mean, whatever. I mean, what, what can you say about them, right? They're memorable. Uh, but, but they don't have a deep lore, nor a religious, spiritual aspect to them that is like, core to it right they threw they do throw in an old knight protecting the holy grail that's fantastic right that's lovely i love that but that's not really the that's not the running through thing of this right um uh but you know with dial of destiny and chris's crystal skull and the i mean the stuff he's everything he always i mean there's i'm not saying there's it's not there but that's not a core thing so to me the lore of indiana jones is not something that it's that hard to preserve, right? Because really what you're looking for is entertaining um, roller coaster ride, uh, that kind of stuff. And if Star Wars was an entertaining roller coaster ride, I would be happy, but I would not be, it wouldn't be Star Wars necessarily, okay? So, so to me, it's it's a much harder thing to achieve for for Star Wars, and I and I hold it to a much higher standard of what I will in, uh, enjoy. Um, but yeah, well, I'm I, I'm gonna totally agree with you on that. But I mean, at least if the guy can make a good Indiana Jones movie, hopefully he's capable of taking the next step for Star Wars. If that movie even happens, right? So so that, that's yep. what I'm saying. I'm gonna yep. feel to me them saying to me them saying that. Doesn't mean anything because it was written at a time when it was pretty much we knew that they were going to come out with a movie like that and it'd be great to tie it into it, right? Yeah. And on this show, to me, Ahsoka has the most chance to tie into something like that, right? We're talking about some old stuff, right? They're, yes. they're talking old stuff. So, so I'm excited and I'm saying, give me more. And I am, I am looking forward to a Jedi movie, um, but I am definitely scared that the performance of that movie might might make Lucasfilm do yet another idiotic thing. Okay, yeah. so uh, just get just get Filoni involved in everything, and and I think we got a, like a fifty percent greater chance of success at every level. Okay, so so let's talk about this movie or this show. Yeah. So the follow up that little him making the statement to them going to the title card and saying, 
far, far away. To me, that really solidified it as like I was I was OK with them saying that. Right. It, it sometimes it's a little too on the nose when they do things like that. But I don't I'm not I'm not as sensitive to that as some people are that like critics that just want to, you know, whatever. Uh, so, I mean, why wouldn't that galaxy have stories? Why wouldn't they say that? Right. Why we mm-hmm. say it? We got a giant galaxy. We don't need to have stuff in the far galaxy. We got enough stuff in our galaxy, right? So, but yet we still have pro- we, we we have a storyline that talks about outside our galaxy. So, why wouldn't the Star Wars galaxy have have a storyline that starts outside their galaxy or happens in an outside their galaxy? So, to me, all that makes sense. Um, let's start talking about that whole lead up. To me, from the moment that they switched over to to um to me. From the moment that they switched over to uh, Sabine all the way till she met the – till she had that whole thing with the with the horse and mm. you – right? At that point, it started slowing down to me a little bit. But from there to there was like to me, wow. That was Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. That was great storytelling. That was great building up. Um, world building new stuff the music oh my gosh what a fantastic what a fantastic experience i've seen it out three times okay mm-hmm. i didn't watch, i haven't watched any of them multiple times my daughter came over and she hadn't seen any of them and i said you know i wanted to get her into it so we were well, we watched the first four episodes and I, but i watched the sixth one again uh the next day and then i watched it again later on so i've seen it three times and which I haven't done that with any of these shows. Um, so yeah, it was special. So 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 we got um, about the only annoying thing about any of that stuff. There's two annoying things that happened in this show, and both of them involved uh, Sabine. One I can <laughs> I, one I can explain away and be okay with it, and one that is really not that important. So I'm just going to stay annoyed at her. Um, I'm going to have to say that there is one that like, uh, there's a, there was a, there was one thing with Sabine that I was like WTF. So let me see what yours are. Yeah. Well, I know which one yours is, but, but I think I can rationally explain that one off and that's okay. So, um, but the first one, the first one part is, is, uh, the writing for her. Um, or just the thought that that hmm, if you are captured and you just ba- you basically just did a bad thing and you are probably ashamed at what you did right which leads into the second thing that 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 she did that was annoying but if you're like that um literally every step of the way complaining that we had a deal is like lord shut the f up (laughs) just shut up no one wants to hear you and literally you could die at any second because you aren't that important okay so just shut up um whether you know do you know what the deal meant did you really seriously think that everyone's going to turn into goody two shoes and you're going to walk right up to them no you you if you trust that that the guy's going to the point is, is he's, she's acting like she's supposed to be treated like royalty the whole time. And anytime she gets put in the locker or not allowed to walk into something that the deal is off, just shut the hell up. 
right? You tried to kill these people literally ten minutes ago. So, you know, you're in a you're in a cage. Accept it. Um, so that part was annoying. Um, the lead up to getting to the planet, uh, coming out of hyperspace, the crackles of electricity and just the violent nature by which that ship came out, I thought was just a really cool, uh, a really cool thing, right? So, so I guess intergalactic hyperspace travel is looks different, right? It's all colorful and and crazy. And then when you come out, it's like way different than any other ship coming out of hyperspace. So I love that whole idea. What did you what did you think about? That whole them getting to the planet this is before they meet the Night Sisters. The whole thing about hey, you know, the whales and stuff. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, like it, it, everything is a amazing spectacle in, in this episode, in my opinion. Um, so I I didn't focus that much like you did about them coming out of hyperspace, but like when they were approaching the planet and seeing the Night Sisters, that was freaking cool. Um, what about the bones? Bones of the Purgles. You know what? The bones of the Purgles. Was that on the surrounding the, the sisters? Oh man, were you? Did, did you only watch this episode once? I did. I only watched it once. Okay, no, it was not around the sisters. It's around Where the. Was it? The planet has a ring of of debris around it. Oh the my planet. god! And that's Purgle bones. Yes, because she says, um. That uh, Morgan proudly says, "This is Peridia, homeworld of my people, the Dathomiri. We were one of the first. We were one of the first uh, people to learn to harness and ride the Purgles, right? And then uh, Balin comments. It's amazing how much Balin knows about these these uh, these these." Uh, He's lore, right? But he, he yeah. adds in a little extra color, like from the Jedi's perspective. This is where the space whales finish their journey. This is where they go to die. It's a graveyard. That's what he says. And then they show them coming through the, the rings, and the rings are just a bunch of bones and rib cages and things like that. So go back and watch it. I don't have to go back and watch it now. Then they get a hail from the from the they get a hail from the signal from the uh the planet they go into their little cool little gold shuttle thing and they're going down and uh boy they spent a lot of money on really good uh graphics right coming through the the uh clouds with the vapor on the windows then then slowly the clouds lifting and suddenly you see this giant face of one of these statues good lord you know they could have made this anything they could have done anything to describe this planet they could have not put the but the whole idea of just like putting all this really awesome landscaping it just shows to me it's like they were sitting there thinking about what they wanted this new galaxy to look like what they want right and and honestly the sense of ominous um you know, Willow, Lord of the Rings, high fantasy parts of this whole thing, this whole episode was just such an awesome combination with 
with Star Wars, right? So they get past that. They find this this really cool looking castle coming out of a mountain, very uh, uh, Jedha, very Jedha like, right? And yeah. and uh, they land, and they they come out, and there's this music playing. I'm telling you, when when I saw them switch, you know, just the way they did the choreography or the, the cinematography, right? They're coming out, and then the next thing they show is this long, long angle to these three dark figures standing up in the middle of this thing. I just thought, honestly, this whole scene with the Night Sisters or the Great Mothers, man, I mean, what could you say? It was fantastic. I wanted to know if any of them were Mother Talzin. No, they they have three names, and those three names are names that are essentially copies off of the three uh, oracles of Greek mythology. Yeah, okay. they could they could have another uh, Night Brothers set on uh, Star Wars Card Trader now. Yes, they well, yeah, yeah, Night Sister set, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and and so like. It's it's like the three characters are one spins the web, one reads the web, or spins one spins the thread, one reads the thread, and and one cuts the thread, right, uh, of destiny. And uh, the middle one with the they actually you know I saw a breakdown. They actually kind of their hats change shape. They have different shapes, and they kind of they kind of match what you sort of think would be the. Uh, um those roles so it's kind of cool so the voices right that was great right the the, the voices that surround it so everything about this the sound design the way they look the way they spoke right um i mean wow how how fantastic was that uh it reeks of jedi that was a fantastic line it is dangerous loved it did you like all that <laughs> stuff I did so that was really cool and um and the one thing that I found interesting was um I was kind of for a split second I was thinking of that that um they were talking about Balin's skull um because I mean Sabine this whole time has been so like just like dead with the force yes that, like, how could they, you know, think that she's dangerous, right? Um, so I guess that gave me a little bit of hope for her, that they focused on her and are calling her Jedi. Um, so I thought that that was an interesting part. Well, I thought it was interesting, too. And uh, I guess it's possible that they really thought Balin, but... But uh, uh, that's possible, okay? And it was uh, th- more doubt was thrown into that when they were surprised. You could tell that they were surprised when Thrawn called him a uh, remembered him as from the Jedi Order, right? Yes, so but they were but, surprised. But in the beginning, they didn't. They didn't focus on him. They just no, they didn't at all, right? Which which doesn't which doesn't really make sense. Um, that they, you know, maybe they can just read everybody. They know who's with her, right? They they know she has two mercenaries, um, and they know that 
and maybe she maybe so just me to me i just took it at face value i'm, I'm not going to doubt it um i'm just going to say that that they detected something that we can't detect or that uh or uh that that sabine can't detect herself right about her connection to to being a jedi maybe yeah. they smell ahsoka stink on her i don't know right right so, either way uh it was a cool line it was a cool way they referred to her as an it um, it really just speaks to how they just view, like, the use of the Force in that way, especially for the light. Uh, um, you know, I don't know too much about, I mean, I know quite a bit about the Night Sisters, but do the Night Sisters only use the dark, or do they use any type of magic, and they just don't, they don't care about dark, light, whatever. They just use whatever it is that they want to use. Do, do you know? I don't know, but I, I mean... The, I've never really seen them do anything but dark magic. So um, I don't know if there's any books or comics that would have explained something more than that. Occam's razor, right? Just assume the most simplistic solution, right? And that is they're bad guys, right? So so, so that whole piece up top, right? And uh, they take her away with those cool little balls. They ask, she asks where Thrawn is because Morgan really loves Thrawn. Where's Thrawn? He is. He's coming. Uh, they take her away, and as they're taking her away, idiot decides to complain about we had a deal again. Now, every time she complains about how a deal, uh, either Balin looks, you know, the only purpose I see of this we had a deal stuff is to see the reactions off of the other people. The first time she did it, I think Balin had a, like a little bit of a look. The second time she did it. Uh, what's her face? Shin Hadi kind of felt it looked like it, she felt uneasy as well as Balin, right? Which again is just really cementing the fact that they're really trying to let people know that Balin and Shin, whatever they are, there is there are honorable parts of who they are, right? Everything about and 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 honestly. To this episode was like some of the strongest stuff between Shin and and Balin, but we'll get to that, right? So yeah, totally. But wait a second, are you saying to me that you think you're giving you're giving them the benefit of the doubt that Sabine was trying to figure out what these other characters were by saying, "Hey, we had a deal." No, 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 no. Okay. No, I'm saying I'm saying that the writers used were the, the writers used her complaints purely to elicit a response so that they could show the viewers uh, okay. that them to that, right? Like, it's a terrible way of doing it. Oh, um, yeah. But, I mean, so the reason why I'm frustrated with Sabine in this episode didn't match what yours was, um, although I could totally understand what yours was. Uh, I was really frustrated that, like, that she just trusted them enough to think that she could just go out there and go find Ezra and that they weren't going to do anything. Um, like she should have known that they're going to like probably plan to like follow her or something like that. Well, how do you, okay. 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 Let's, let's put a pin in that. I think that's a great point. That's not, I wasn't even really thinking of that. Um, let's think about, let's talk about that when she does get, when she does get released. Right. Cause we have so much good stuff to talk in between there. Yes. That's fair so, enough. So she gets brought down, and we have two awesome scenes right in a row. We have 
we have a scene where uh, Balin and Hati, Shin Hati, are talking on the roof. Yes, that's and, fantastic. Thank the Lord for that. Yes. Now, he says some things. He says some cool stuff here, and he follows it up with some really cool stuff later on in the episode. But this, the cool stuff he says here is he talks about, I mean, the acting that he did. That just watch how he... You know, I, I, I'm watching his face. I'm just watching the way he does. And, I, and I'm trying to think to myself, I really like the way this guy acts. And I'm trying to figure out why. And one of the most essential parts or one of the most critical parts, I think, that really talks to me how, how well he does this is when he talks to her about uh, when I was your age, uh, I watched everything burn. And I came to realize and he starts, he pauses a little bit. That uh, he talks about the the fact that it's cyclical. Mm. He he, he pauses for a second and he does this little like he like this internal monologue he's having to himself. He kind of he kind of like gestures a little with his head. He kind of thinks like he's going to say something and he doesn't. And then he says what he's saying. And he says, and it's again and again. And again, he did the third again. When he said the third again, it was such emotion in it. And just his mannerisms and just the way he's doing it. I mean, he really, I mean, how tragic is it that we lost this guy, right? I mean, he really poured his heart into this character. I mean, I've seen him in other stuff before. He was in Thor. He played the big guy in Thor. Supposedly he was in the Rome series, which I never watched. But that's where he really got most of his accolades from. But boy, he's really playing this role fantastically. And and his, you know, I guess I understand his frustration, right? And I just wonder what his method is, right? Like, does he really want balance or does he just want to be above it all, right? Because he looks out and he says, after he says that again and again and again, and he's like, uh, he looks out and he says, I want to find the beginning. What, what, I'm, what I'm searching for is the beginning so that I may put an end to this cycle. And he looks out and Shin says, do you think you'll find it here? And he says, if the old stories are true. Boy, I want to hear these old stories. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> no, right. Uh, so finish up with that, right? And he, and he says it in a cool way to his, his Padawan there. He says, well, if the stories are true, and he's kind of like, pats her on the back or he just kind of gives her like a nod and just kind of walk walks away right so there is definite love and respect between these two guys and and i really hope uh boy i really don't want to see them go against each other whichever way they go i want them to go together because they really are a great partnership here right now the only way i could see them going a separate way and they started adding the cracks now but we'll talk about that later so Right after that, they show Sabine in the cell, and she concentrates, and she puts her hands up to the wall. And I'm like, I mean, I got to admit, uh, I'm really, I, I, listen, they either have the best patience, Filoni either has the absolute best patience in the world, or they really are never going to give her force powers, right? And I said this before, because, but this is crazy yeah. that they keep doing this, right? Um, yeah. They keep doing this. And and when you do something this many times, you are either you are either waiting such a long game to surprise us at the end, right, or 
they're just you're just being like I said, Occam's razor. It's just what it is. It is what it is. She just doesn't got it. But she puts her hands up there and it's, you start getting some crumbling. And <laughs> my wife, I said to my wife, right as it happened, I said. A ship's coming. Yeah, that's us. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, there is no. Uh, I, I think that there is literally 0. 0.00 seconds of me believing that she was causing the shaking. Um, I, I was immediately like, uh, all right, what's causing that? <laughs> so, right. So, uh, so yeah, I feel so, bad. Poor yeah. Sabine. So what follows is, uh, is was, was Mark, Mark Bernetti happy time. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Really good wide vision shot. Yeah, Mark Bernetti, happy, happy times. D- dancing for joy. I was like gleefully saying, a ship's coming. Then I see the, the, the shadow come through her window. She looks out. Then they come out. They do this pan job coming up over the, the thing with the chimera coming in. Uh, I hope there's more than one. I hope they got more than one, but I'll take one. I'll take one Star Destroyer, okay? I hope they got I hope they got three, because I thought three is what he had in the books, and I think three were what actually got pulled out. So um by the Purgles. Uh so wow, what what a shot. It comes over the thing. Why is Thrawn not at that that the uh, why is he not at the tower? I don't know. Why is he floating around on his on his on his ship? Who knows? Um comes down, they land around the the thing. I hear that the I hear that the uh Star Destroyer has better bathrooms. That's you're probably right. You're probably right. Or at least it did. It did. I, I don't know what uh who knows if anybody even needs to use the bathroom on that on that <laughs> well he does but, so uh chanting weird looking stormtroopers uh the music the organ i mean I, you only saw it once but you need to replay it again you need to hear the music right and the chanting and just that whole thing and and him coming through there. I mean, I know people that are big Thrawn fans. I wonder what they really thought of this. I know some people I've seen love Thrawn. And, and you know, he's not exactly how they thought he would look, right? And uh, But to me, I was loving it. And he comes out of the – he's walking and he talks in the smoke. That, that, that line he gave, right? What began as a dream is now a reality or something – now a, you know, a bad reality – those who may oppose us. What a line. <laughs> who who could have came up with that line? I mean, that was just a freaking awesome line. Listen, uh, so for the, for the, listen, <laughs> throw, listen, I just want everyone to understand here, okay? Uh-huh. And, and they better not do anything with this freaking character other than just make sure he does a lot of bad things, Okay. Because Not bad things, but yeah, I think they're gonna make him do bad things. We'll talk about that. So yeah, yeah yep. But yep. his just his demeanor, his way of talking, his the, the I mean he he made him they made him like very very intuitive um, in this episode. Um, 
I mean, he's a very menacing character in, in this episode. Um, in a weird way, kind of like he's kind of soft spoken, but menacing at the same time. And I, I would I would put him as the second best. Uh, I'm going to I'm calling it right now. He's going to end up being the second best Star Wars villain um, by the time this is all through. Uh, and I'm assuming you mean second to Darth Vader or something, or um, or the I'm, Emperor. Okay, I know you. I know how much you love the Emperor. Um, the Emperor is fantastic. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the I think other than plot armor. I think Thrawn is a is to me has a chance of being a more capable foe than the Emperor, right? But uh, the Emperor has proof. The Emperor put together the entire fall of the Jedi Order, right? So he, uh, Thrawn's got a lot to compete with. So um, um, what, what I'm speaking about not, not necessarily isn't is not necessarily even in talking about you know what they accomplish. But just how they make you feel when you see them on screen. Yeah. Like, when the Emperor in Return of the Jedi... Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel... I'm still not convinced completely that he's a a bad guy. Right? He shouldn't be a bad guy. He should be cold and ruthless and calculating. Which many people would, would attune to being bad. Right? But I really... I'm really hoping... I'm really hoping... And they, they've created some threads that they can really pull on throughout this whole thing, right? He has a he he has a um, an alliance with the Night Sisters. Okay, now the Night Sisters, I'm not treating as un. I'm not going to treat as uh, uh, un. You know, misunderstood bad guys. I think they're just bad guys. Okay, um, I consider Thrawn having to make a choice, right, to deal with them. And I hope we see some friction between him and them, right? He's making a deal with them, but they're going to do some stuff, maybe, when they get back to the galaxy, or or whatever, where they are not going to be on the same sheet of music, right? In fact, it could very well be that the Night Sisters end up killing him right when it's all said and done right it's very pant, right because you see cracks in this you see cracks in this group all over the place right um are they really you really think they're gonna get back to the uh to the regular galaxy um in this season oh um i i think i i the answer i think is if they do it's like right at the end like they're not going to actually do anything in the new galaxy, in the in the old in our in our galaxy or whatever the main right. galaxy, right? They're just going to either be on their way there or they're going to arrive, right, triumphantly or something, right? Some some type of cool thing. Hopefully they do at the end. Oh, uh, but yeah, I don't think they're going to do. It. How how? So, I mean, we're only got two episodes left. I mean, how would you feel if they get back to the new galaxy and they approach a, an, an X-wing and it's Luke Skywalker's X-wing and inside is Daisy Ridley? Um, first of all, they would never do that. I hope they do that. 
but uh no no yeah you're right you're right no you're totally right uh they could do that uh um but 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 really we're we're approaching a really crazy part right let, 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 let's okay so let's go through the episode but I, let's talk about where we go from here right at, at the, all right so good stuff right okay so yes. so, so much good stuff. yeah yeah so um okay what'd you think about enoch fan no fan fan yes very cool uh oh, just cool because cool right and he did well, have a couple of lines that were cool too die well was a fantastic line uh, uh i'm a i'm a big fan um and i had to um so during the time i watched it i had to like spend a few minutes like trying to figure out what's going on with his face mask though um was that like a robot was that his face mask chiseled to look that way um and I'm still not. I think it was a face mask looking chiseled. Well, I think I'm of the opinion that it could be a couple of things. It could just be what it simply is, right? Every stormtrooper who's received damage has been either pieced it together using magic or uh, just found whatever they could and they patched it together. Uh, he maybe had a large wound. And it's uh, or his face has cracked, so he decided to replace it with that. And Thrawn was cool with them doing that, right? I mean, Thrawn is different, right? The the markings on the bottom of the Star Destroyer, I I looked at it, I didn't realize, but that's what was on his Star Destroyer in Rebels. They didn't put that on there in the New Galaxy. So all those that that design, that the tattooing, so so he's different, right? He he's and I love how they make Thrawn different, right? So he's an Imperial, right? But but he's a little bit of a of a loon, right? And I mean, he's, because he's a little different. He's eccentric, right? And yeah, so, and, he, and he does like his um, artifacts, right? Did you notice his? Um, you notice that his clothes are tattered too, right? They uh, they good, but they're they're frayed. There's smudges on it. Oh, you mean on on um, whose whose clothes on, on Thrawn's white clothes? Yes, yes totally. Clothes. Yes, his okay. his jacket and everything did not look fresh. <laughs> it, yeah, it was it, it wasn't uh, it hadn't gone through the uh, washing machine recently. Yeah, that's crazy that the night mothers can the night mothers can spin threads of fate, but they can't. So, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. so uh, no, all of that is just great world building. I mean, literally, just with a few choices of things, they have opened up so many questions, right? Of what the heck's going on? So. Um, and honestly, I don't think they did. My only real thing about this episode was the fact of all this yummy stuff they're introducing. They're really counting on a lot of people just to give them the just to give them just. OK, OK, I'll. Yeah, I know you'll explain it at some point, but I'm just going to trust you now. Right. But I mean, to, to me, it's very strange. This whole for everything, all the anticipation that we have for what's going on here in this galaxy. They definitely didn't give us what we were expecting. And what they did give us is, in many ways, very confusing, right? Not not like, you know, just very confusing for us to think a logical reason why it's even like the way it is, right? If you think about it, which, you know, they, you can't yell at a fan for thinking about it because that's the whole point of what they did in the episode, right? They wanted to show you some cool stuff. They wanted to bring people to they they wanted us to think you wouldn't do all the stuff that you do in this episode unless you want people to look at it take it all in and wonder right i mean that's the point yeah so 
So uh, the the exchange between Thrawn and everybody was really cool. The Night Mothers bowed to him. He was respectful to them. He did complain to them that uh, they didn't see what's her face coming. So that means they did see everybody else coming, right? Mm. They didn't. Not, they didn't see. Not only did they not see Ahsoka coming, but they didn't see uh, Sabine coming, right? Sabine was a surprise, and he didn't know about it. Uh, Thrawn didn't know about it. He talked to Balin Skull, General Balin Skull. I do find it a little bit interesting that he knows General Balin Skull, but he doesn't necessarily know who Ahsoka's um, master is. But, you know, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he did know generally, he says, the you know, he does mention Ahsoka Tano by name. So you think he's maybe a little uh, familiar with it. So, um, uh, uh, yeah. So um, then they go to the. Uh, letting her go, right, on the Howler. And this is now we get to this point that you're talking about, right? This whole thing with them standing, watching her go, and um, Thrawn says, you know, let her get there and then destroy her and the other one. Um, The little part before that where he's like, you put the galaxy at risk for that hope, and she says, you wouldn't understand and he says, perhaps not. Love those, love those statements, right? Very, you know, I'm only going to use two squads. Uh, them living or dying is not necessarily that important as long as they, they're left here, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, what he says, even what he says to, to you know, if he says Balian, if he tells Balian Shin to destroy them, but he doesn't really care if they destroy them or not. Um, the, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's like, I don't want Thrawn to be evil. I, I want him to, I want, I, I really want him eventually to be somebody that, that, that literally everybody can work with. Right. Because I think mm-hmm. he's an awesome character, but him saying for you to destroy them is like, is that evil? What is that? I mean, yeah, it's evil. Those are our, those are our peeps. Right. For him to say anybody to be destroyed, right, is, is uh, you know, I guess they're standing in his way, but not really standing in his way, right? Um, obviously, obviously, uh, Ezra can't be standing in his way, right? If Ezra was standing in his way, and for 10 years he doesn't know where he's at, then, then you know, they got to be really careful with that, right? They have to, They have to explain to me at some point why he would want Ezra destroyed now when he didn't necessarily want him destroyed before. And if he has wanted him destroyed the entire nine years, then it doesn't say a whole lot about Thrawn, right? Mm. Um, I have a theory. What do you think about that whole thing? Does that, does that make Thrawn look weak or does that make him look calculating? What do you think? Uh, I'm trying to think it through right now. I mean, like, Clearly, you know, if he didn't have, like, the resources or the time to worry about, I mean, like, listen, you know, Ezra's, like, hiding out with some turtles somewhere, right? I mean... Like, literally a half hour from the castle. Oh, yeah? Like, listen, it may be a little bit longer. You're saying half an hour, but it was very, I mean, even though it, it was very, I mean... 
it's kind of funny that you say that because like to me I was like this is like this is kind of like epic looking like an epic kind of like like uh, um, quest to find Ezra and uh, you know it just went very fast like they didn't spend like I feel like they could have made the quest a little bit longer um, but yeah, they but they I'm made not- it but it went fast, and so, like, yeah, I mean, like, the thought is, like, oh, you know, why couldn't he just have found him, like, so, like, right away, just like how Sabine did, right? Um, but with that being said, um, I'm assuming in my brain that he's not just 30 minutes away, like, Thrawn couldn't just, like, step out and just, like, find him, um, and that Thrawn didn't even want to waste his time during the past nine years even worrying about it. He was busy trying to set up everything else, and now that he's finally putting his pl- his plan into motion, um, now would be the time to not have to worry about him coming after him. Okay, so, and I can agree with that. So, so the way I'm going to look at this, the headcanon, until I'm proven different, is is that honestly. Thrawn is not about wasting resources, or he's not about wasting his time. He's very mission-oriented. And his position at Peridia was never in jeopardy, or it wasn't in jeopardy at this time from Ezra, right? He does not fear Ezra because Ezra's not trying to... So there's no reason for him to expend and lose people to go after Ezra when Ezra isn't a, a, a factor. The only time now that Ezra might be a factor is because now they have a way to get out of there, right? It's like, if both of us are stuck on this island, why am I going to worry about killing you, right? Um, but if now there's a boat showing up, I don't want you on that boat. So now I do want you out of the picture, right? So that's the only way I can think about it, right? Um, you know, that, that combines with the whole thing where, which they really haven't done. They haven't even addressed it which kind of is is i i kind of hate when they just make us assume all this stuff but drawn is all about information drawn is all about knowing things right does he know what's going on in the galaxy if he does how does he know right mm. uh, we said thrawn call or she said call thrawn calls to me through space and time i think we've now determined that it really wasn't thrawn calling to her through space and time, it was the great mothers calling right. to Oregon, right? That's, now, that's what I would say as well, yes. So now, if they're calling to her, it's possible she called back, like, or she answered. I mean, they could just explain everything as they understood the general, per- they understood the big picture, right? They contacted out there, they didn't hear anything about their sisters, they knew all their sisters were dead. They knew that only Morgan was there, right? They knew that likely um, maybe they also sensed that a great evil had had not had been taken away from the galaxy. Maybe even they went, you know, who knows what, right? But but he didn't ask a question at all. I would think what to me logically what would happen is he the first thing he'd do is he would not just say, hey, this isn't as I foretold. and Yes, we need to move on and, and 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 do this. He would like stop and ask questions. Now, they did have a scene after that where he's talking about sending the two squads out and they're standing around a star map. 
So I think they can just simply explain off and say everything Thrawn needs to know, he now knows because he was standing around the star map with Morgan. So she caught him up on everything else. So at this point, we don't need to worry about what does he know and what he doesn't know. We can safely assume, especially from a Star Wars storytelling perspective, because they don't go into this kind of detail, that that that's pretty much enough to say he now knows everything he needs to know. Yes. Okay. So, uh, but I really would have loved him to say, um, we now shall return to the Emperor. Uh, he's not around, sir. What? <laughs> That'd be cool, right? But, I, I, you know, whatever. That's just a fanboy dream. Um, so uh, so they they release her. Enoch gives her provisions, gives her back her lightsaber, right? Yeah. At, this point, at this point, you're really feeling like, uh, wow, Thrawn is different. Okay. He's just, you know, maybe I can trust him. But then they quickly follow it up with destroy them. Now, when he did that, you noticed all of the looks and the things and the, the all the... You know, what's his face? Balin was like, wasn't happy about it. Or he mm. just, Shin was definitely surprised and looking around and looking to Balin for mm. support, right? She was right. Like, he was like, what about that? He tells him to go and they go. Um, the runes, I, I someone found out that the runes on the castle, they could, yeah. could not transcribe them, but they eventually found out that it was old Zeppo writing you can imagine that i don't know if you played fallen order a little bit yes so the zeppo were these old race that was like you know they were you know long time ago and they were the ones that kind of did a lot of the research about the force they're the ones who had that force sensitive map and all that jazz right so so these that building was built by the zeppos but the Night Sisters were living in it. So again, it adds some really cool lore. Like, are all of these old races from this galaxy? And what other races are out there that might be in this this other galaxy? So great world building. But they gotta do them in two, but they gotta finish that in two episodes. That's that pisses me off. So um yeah, so the fight, what do you think about the fight? Uh I thought the fight between her and the bandits was pretty decent. Yes, I, I so I thought it was really good. Um, I love it when there's fights w- with using like the Mandalorian stuff. I, I just find it really exciting. Um, doesn't Sabine have a jetpack? If she does, she done forgot it. <laughs> I want her to use a jetpack if she's got it. She had a, but, she had a jetpack in Rebels. Yeah, almost, I'm almost. I think they might even have shown it in the first two episodes in, like, her junk drawer right down underneath yeah. there. But, yeah, she's never put it on, and she's never used it. So, uh, again, uh, Force Ghosts and Jess Packs are things that Star Wars does has no logical use for. They are purely plot devices. They have no real, they have no real agency in this, in the storytelling. How many things can you explain off saying, well, you had a jetpack, you could have done that. Or, hey, there's a force ghost. Why didn't the force ghost tell them that? Why can't I just talk to my force ghost and find out all this information, right? Again, again, you just have to say it's dumb, but 
they will just use them or not use them as they see fit, even though it makes zero logical sense. Like, I feel like as a Mandalorian that, like, the jetpack should be, like, a part of their, like, everyday, like... Um, Did you hear what you just said? Yeah. How did you start that sentence? As a Mandalorian... I would think... That's what you said, right? I, I would think, yeah. Right. That, there. That's, just, you, st- you just did wrong. That's the point. That's the point. <laughs> you cannot think. You cannot... You have to choose... You have to choose, and it takes a very, very uh, seasoned fan, right? I, I think I'm finally starting to achieve this level of uh, you've got to understand that it's not real, and these writers are not as smart as they think they are. They're just people, and they literally cannot they, – they can't keep using things – I mean, if, if I mean, literally, the story would be nowhere if literally everything was as easy as it could be. They've created things that should make all drama for the rest of the storytelling much simpler, but they can't do that because they choose not to, right? Because they need to make it hard, or else it's not interesting. I mean, they still could make it hard, even though she had a jetpack. It just would be so much cooler. It would be so much cooler, but would the... You know, would the would the jetpack survive the battle with Shin? Would it have gotten on the ship? She doesn't have her helmet, right? So at least they were at least they were cool about that. Um, of course, yeah. I think Soka's bringing the helmet, so she'll get her helmet. Um, so I think I think that that battle was cool. I think the whole landscape was cool. I mean, if anything, I mean, the the biggest part about this episode that I enjoyed was the fact of the freshness and newness of all this thing. This is the first time in a long time that I didn't know what's gonna happen. I've never seen these things before. I have seen some of these things before, but I've never seen them in that way, a la stormtroopers and uh um and uh the chimera. Um I'm not sure oh I, I meant to say something, Enoch. I'm not even sure he came with them, right? So, mm-hmm. so let's talk about those stormtroopers real quick. I think we all understand, right, that these a vast majority of these stormtroopers and maybe all of them are not alive. <laughs> um, yeah, um, there, there is this, um, there is this kind of. Uh, issue that they have that they keep bringing coffins to uh to be put onto the ship um, stormtroopers i don't think those are stormtroopers sir in those um, i don't know what they are um they could be stormtroopers they could be what more they, uh, I more think i think, think they, yep they said what do you think they are well let's let's drop the hints that they gave Morgan says, I've seen the catacombs, mm-hmm. and it'll take three days to move them out. What are you storing catacombs? Dead bodies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Zah, zah. yeah. At, right in that same conversation, Thrawn mentions that as a deal with the Night Sisters, that's why he's bringing this cargo along. So, I think we can safely assume that these are either the rest of the 
Night Sisters that were alive there on Peridia that have long died, and the only people left are the um, three mothers. And they want to bring these guys back. My, my guess is they want to bring these bodies back and then resuscitate them in the new galaxy. Why don't in they the, just in the old galaxy? You mean? Why don't they just resuscitate them now? Why aren't they already on the the star destroyer? Why are they waiting now to put them on? Well, all that's logical, and I can accept all those, right? They right. didn't know the chance to get back to the galaxy, so why would the Night Sisters load up the the star destroyer with these very valuable? Um, things for the nap for the meantime they'll be protected in our in our catacombs why don't why didn't they already resuscitate them if they can resuscitate them a couple of reasons maybe this galaxy doesn't have as strong of a living force so they can't do that and they can only do that back in the main galaxy where there's much more life maybe there's no reason to bring them alive now because then they need to feed them and whatever, and it just makes it easier just to leave them dormant until the time it is. So, again... Yeah, all, I could, all they would be able to have is turtle soup. Yeah, all they got is turtle soup. So, um, the next coolest thing that happens in the episode is the, the conversation between Shin and uh, and Balin uh, in the... Uh, when they track... The, they track what's-her-face. And... Um, so now Shin is is like whisk, wistfully asking her master about, do you miss the Jedi Order? She also says, like me, like Jedi grown in the wild, like me. Both of those things really show that that Shin, even though Balin doesn't necessarily, Shin really sees herself as a Jedi. Mm. which is interesting right and i think that is another crack between that they might that feloni could use right right i think shin during this episode and ivana sakno the actress was asked what was her favorite episode and she said it was this episode right and i think this episode really laid down a lot of groundwork for um, why they might be not, they might find themselves at a point where they need to, they need to not be doing the same thing, right? Like, she wants to get out of there. He wants to stay. She's scared of that place. He's intrigued by that place. She, whatever her sense of honor is, that Balin gave I really do think that somehow I think that Shin is is more a fan now of Sabine than she was before, simply because her 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 master made a promise to her. Right? She looks over at Sabine in the ship for some reason. I think it was just simply because I think that they're just they're antagonists with each other. Some people are thinking that she's having some sympathy for Sabine. I don't know. But again, all that stuff could be built up. But whatever, yeah. whatever's happening, I love it. Yeah, like I, I don't pick up any sympathy for Sabine as of yet. Uh, okay. uh, I, I see more of like just a moral code that she wants to live by, okay. um, and that in itself 
you know, may put her at odds with everyone that she's currently working for. True. So finally someone drops, and not exactly the way I wanted this hint drop, but finally somebody drops a big hint that there's something greater out there that that perhaps the night sisters are trying to escape from something calls to me can't you hear it something stirs mm-hmm. here. can't you see it so boy with two episodes remaining i am super pioced that there's only eight episodes in this say <laughs> Some people could say that why didn't they get here sooner? Um, people complaining about the fact she found Ezra too soon can't possibly be the same people that are complaining about that uh, that they didn't get here soon enough. So I'm going to say I'm not going to complain that they didn't get here soon enough. I'm I'm thinking I can't complain about what path they took to get here. Okay. All I can complain about is that they obviously cut they're cutting this shorter than I want them to, right? There's no way in two episodes what can they even resolve? I'm just now hoping they resolve something, right? At this point I'm clinging to the hope that they resolve something, right? Because there's so many open threads here. How is Balin going to figure out what this thing is? Or is he even fated to figure it out? Maybe his whole purpose is to simply get the users, the watchers, get it, get that idea planted in their head, in their head that there's something greater out there, but they never follow up on it. But they can follow up on it in the Ray movie, right? Um, how can they resolve this, right? How can they resolve uh, Ezra? getting back how can they resolve sabine and and ahsoka mending fences how can they solve any of this so uh so anyway let's talk about the the goofy creatures any problems with the (laughs) turtles any any problem with the turtles um i'm gonna give them two thumbs up i'll take them all right i'll I'll take them i'll take them too um I kept calling them rock people. My wife was saying they're turtles. <laughs> I think they're. I think they're. I think they're hermit crabs. <laughs> yeah, they could be. Uh, now that I think about it, I think they're hermit crabs because they got the eyes that stick out. That's not yeah. turtles. Now, ra- the the rakatans. You know who the rakatans are, right? No. What the hell is that? Who are these people now? The rakatans are the people that ruled the galaxy a long time ago. Um, they were after, so when they invaded this, they invaded this, this, uh, this galaxy from another galaxy, they looked like, like, they looked almost like calamari, except they had eye stalks sticking out the side of their heads. They were dark, they were dark force users. They were the guys that originally held Jedi in chains and they were like their pets and we humans eventually rebelled against them they actually it was all that was all in the comics of the dawn of jedi and it was in the game um knights of the old republic 
and they were very strong. The Rakatan, the Infinite Empire, they had this thing called a Star Forge where they could build ships and stuff. They were they were immensely powerful. But some, but but it was all legends. Then in Andor, there's a a little crystal that um, Luthen shows to Andor, and he says this was from uh, this this commemorates or signifies our rebellion against the, the Rakatan invaders. He says it. So they drop name drop the Rakatans in Andor. The Rakatans were bad news, and they are a very big bad. And a uh, a rumor about a the continuation of the Rebels show as a cartoon a few years ago, before they came out with an Ahsoka show, had a concept of Ezra learning from the last Rakatan. Okay, as his master or as yeah. his stage, right? Right. This this was a concept that was in the old concept for the it was rumored to be part of the old concept of the continuation of the rebels cartoon. So it is, it is not too far to think that if that was in the original plans of the rebels continuation, and it was name dropped in Andor, there is not that much of a thought to say that they could not start bringing the idea of these old race that used to, rule the galaxy is out there in this other galaxy and they were supreme evil so okay. i think i think we have some thoughts there right um what do you think about the ezra and sabine um meetup um i mean i thought it was good um, there's so much more that I want to know. It wasn't like there wasn't enough oof there yet. I'm sure that there'll be more things to to see in the next episode. But I mean, they gave they gave a hug. It's great. Right. So she she had a little bit of tear in her eye when she first saw him. They did show a little bit of that, but they I think they could have had a little more for her. It should have been more of an emotional breakdown, honestly. If she would have just gotten down on her knees and started crying, I think would have been a much better thing to happen, right? Because mm-hmm. all the things she has pent up in her head, and they end up having this little um, tit-for-tat conversation, uh, I think that could have been done better. I thought, I thought, what's-his-face was a, was great. I love the guy, and I can't just wait to see him later. Um, yes, yes. Her saying, let's not talk about it right now, a lot of people are, are, are really pissed off about that line, okay? But I can understand, and it stinks, but I can understand it, right? She has a lot of bad news to tell him, a lot yeah. of stuff not proud of, and she just wants to, at this point, just have a good moment with him before she has to lay down all the bad news. Right. And there's a ton of bad news to say. Right. Does, does uh, he even know that he, Kanan passed away before he, he, he leaped out of there. Right. Yes. He does know Kanan's gone. Right. Yes. Okay. So that part, but he doesn't know that Ahsoka was dead. He doesn't know that, um, literally, uh, no one knows they're out there. And the only way they're getting back is through Thrawn. 
um, and that she had to betray and she had to, you know, she had to allow that to happen for on the return, which is the whole reason why Ezra took him out. He didn't want him back in the galaxy. Right. So there's a lot of weirdness there. She's coming to see him. He's happy and he's ready to go home. But yeah. why wouldn't he think if he's ready to go home, shouldn't he be worried that Thrawn is then ready to go home? He look, he went there to prevent Thrawn. Unless right now he doesn't think Thrawn's a threat anymore. Maybe him and Thrawn have come to an uneasy alliance, right? That obviously Thrawn is now saying, well, now I want him destroyed, right? So so way too much. It just, the, the, my only problem is, is I know, I know that there's no way they can make sense of it in the first episode. But I hope they, I was hoping that they would make more sense of it to start off with, right? And, and. Maybe that's too much to ask for this show. I'm willing to accept that maybe it was too much to ask of this show to both bring yourself to a new galaxy, introduce yourself to a whole new landscape and a whole new open storyline, and also explain how we got there might be too might be too much. But I have a big big fear that they're not going to talk about it on screen, right? Why would they need to do that? All that would be doing would be rehashing stuff we already know, right? So likely by the next time you see Ezra, it's possible he already knows everything everything she needs to have told him, right? Uh, so in in my opinion, that's, that, that's part of what can separate a, an amazing show from yes. a not amazing show. Yes. So like if they could show us you know, what transpired between Ezra and Thrawn during all this time. Like, clearly they were, you know, together on, on the Star Destroyer, you know. And so, like, how did they decide to separate? What did they both learn about each other? You know, did they did they just say, you know, all right, we're stuck here. Let's just let bygones be bygones for right now, and we'll, we'll deal with each other if it ever if it ever comes to, you know, needing that. Um, but there's so many things that, that could be done as character building with this situation that I think would be important to show, actually. I mean, listen, that's going to be a large part about who Ezra is right now. Um, but you know, he's called, the show is called Ahsoka. So that um, part I understand, but again, yeah. you know. You know, it's the same thing as, like, what, what was I watching? Um, what's the show with Pedro Pascal with the with all, with, with all with all those, like, fungi zombies? Um, Last of Us, yeah. Yeah, The Last of Us. They had this most amazing, beautiful episode where it didn't even include yeah. really Pedro Pascal or um, yeah. the other character. Um. And it was one of my favorite episodes. Um, and it was even, I mean, it, it was even just a flat out, almost separate story. Now, right. this, this is where it becomes, it, this is where it becomes a little bit tricky because with, with Star Wars, you know, half the time you feel like they're delaying what's, what's going to happen. So when you get an episode like that, everyone's like, what's going on now? We're not going to be able to see X, Y, and Z. Right. Um, so they need to find the happy medium of that. I mean, part of that is sometimes saying, you know what, we shouldn't do eight episodes, we should do ten episodes, right? But, you know, hopefully they make the right choices as as they go forward. Well, 
and 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 the only reason why it leaves a bad taste in our, our mouth, right? Well, a bad taste in our mouth because of a lot of reasons, right? Number one, we got a strike coming up, so we're not going to see a lot of Star Wars. For uh, yeah, no, no joke. I mean, like seriously. I mean, so like that's the so that's why I don't know if you want to get to it right now. I mean, we're kind of getting towards the end of the episode. I mean, but that's why I said to you, like, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if they jump out of jump back to the to the regular galaxy and there's um, Ray in an in, in X-Wing because the truth of the matter is, is when, when is there going to be a continuation of this story in the first place? It's like most, most shows, right? You, you expect that to see it like in a, like next season, right? But this, we're not going to expect next season. It may be three years before we see the well, next episode of this. Well, so, right. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, right? Like, like Mando season four, there's there's talks of an Ahsoka season two, there's and then of course the Filoni movie, right? So so you got to think that it's gonna get, yeah. I'm very confused. I'm very confused how this all works out, only because I really wanted to tie in, right? And and uh, we talked about it. I, there's really no reason to waste more breath on this, but we we talked about the fact that that really. Uh, we don't. What we don't want this to happen is all this just to be something that happens twenty years before the first order gets there. It, to me, that uh, that takes all of the umph out of this thing. But that takes all the umph out of this. That would be the wrong choice. But that's probably what they'll do. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So that's probably what they'll do. Now, maybe what they'll do is they'll do that, and then somehow, somehow, then also connect it to Ray. Right. It's possible. Right. Um, you know. Uh, but whatever. But you know, we'll leave that up to them. So, so what do we have left in these two episodes to do, right? Um, wait, what was your complaint about uh, talking about uh, Sabine? You said, why would Sabine think she should trust them? Talk yes. about. Well, I mean, like, like they handed all of her stuff, and she's like, "All right, I'm going to go get Ezra," and not even for a single second did she say to herself. Uh, should I trust them? <laughs> well, so. she, number one, she did. She did say that she checked the box on that by saying that the Thrawn. She says, "So wait, you're just gonna let me go?" And blah blah blah. And he says, "Hey, you helped us, so we're gonna we'll we'll help you." So, I still wouldn't have trusted him. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. But what's she supposed to do? Throughout the whole show, she's so single-mindedly trying to find Ezra that literally she's not thinking. That's why she's complaining. Hey, we had a deal. Crap. Right. right? Well, That's well. why. She, you know, so to me, to me, I, 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 I'm like, that's way too. So, like, what was she supposed to do? Just go outside the castle and then turn around a corner and hide there and say, well, let me see if they're really gonna follow me or not. Yeah. Okay. Well, they could have done that, but they decided not to do that, right? So, right. Uh, right. yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. It, that's probably a, that's probably an oversight, right? If she's really that great of a, but I don't think she's. I mean, honestly, I really think at this point they're not really. They're not really playing off Sabine as this. Um, they're really just she's just stringing along the, the plot, like she, everything that the plot's doing. She's kind of think about it. The whole episode, the whole series, she has sort of been fumbling through and failing, but moving the plot forward. Right. She. Yeah. Took, uh, she, took the, she took the map out of the thing. And lost it to them. She then gave them back the map when blah blah blah. 
she now got them to find Ezra. So she is screwing up the whole series long because she is so blinded by this mission. And I do believe that is the point that at some point Filoni is going to make on this thing. Right? I don't know how he's going to do it, but so far, every time she's screwed up, she's gotten lucky and it moved on. So that might be why she stinks of Jedi. Maybe she, maybe the Force is, she doesn't realize it, but she's not using the Force, but the Force is using her, right? Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, but they got two episodes left. And um, we know something, we know a couple of things. Here's some, some uh, was it, can we call it a leak? I don't know. Um, so there, here, here's a little tiny bit of a, a spoiler slash leak. It's not really a spoiler. It's more just a leak. Um, we can expect at least one scene back in the New Republic next episode because supposedly C-3PO will make a cameo. In Ooh. It. Now, if C-3PO makes a cameo if they don't get very close to or actually have leia show up in the next episode i think that'd be very strange i would say why wouldn't they have her in there right they've already mentioned her everything that's been happening with the new republic should involve her she's still intently involved with the new republic at this time I think it makes sense, and the only reason why they would do it is because they're trying to punk us. So I really would think that if you're going to go back to the New Republic, which I don't want you to at all, honestly, I don't care. Uh, if you're going to do that, at least at least pop in a, a Leia. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. I do know what you mean. Okay, so what else is supposed to happen? Well, obviously, Ahsoka's got to get there, and... I'm thinking. Uh, uh, I thinking. I'm thinking that uh, what we, what we know is is that Shin and Balin are hot on the trails. I'm thinking there has to be a showdown out there in the wasteland involving Sabine, Ezra, Balin, Shin, and those raiders that that they saw at the end, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that has got to be when, honestly, I think something important has to happen. It's now we're into seven and eight, right? So it is high to me. It is high probability or high riskiness that some character that we've known throughout this whole show meets their fate next episode, right? You can't save it all for eight. I'm thinking something's going to happen in seven. I don't know. I don't have any information, but to me, that's what I think is going to have to happen. Well, listen, Sabine has to do something. It's time. She has to do something. We have to see see what Ezra can do. Um, I mean, it's set up for a two-on-two -two battle with, uh, with two squads of stormtroopers coming their way. That's true. Uh, At Enoch, too, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, 
that could be a pretty crazy um, scene. You have Ahsoka coming in on Purgles along with Thrawn knowing she's coming in on Purgles and getting ready to start shooting at them. That's right. We don't um, know. Have another Star Destroyer in orbit, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, another thing, another leak. Um, so we, we did talk about that Anakin does show up, right? But we don't really know how. But what, what the leaks are, are that in Episode 7, he's going to be in a hologram. Okay. And that's probably where we hear that, 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 that lines from the trailer to talk about, hey, in this war, it's not going to be just against droids, you know, and I've taught you for this. You can do it, Ahsoka. I think that's, that, that's what that we're going to hear that. Mm-hmm. And then he would be a Force ghost in 8. So... I hope he's a freaking force ghost in eight. So, so that's a lot of stuff. So think about it. that's a lot of stuff. And I don't know how long these episodes are, but I don't think they're incredibly long. I'm hoping they're not. I'm hoping they're super long, but I, but I don't think they are. Um, like forty minutes. I think like forty three minutes was like the longest one. What out of seven and eight? You mean? No, out of all of them so far, I think forty three oh, no. minutes. Uh, episode one was fifty six minutes and. And episode five was 51. So they get out of here. Episode five was 51 minutes. I think so. I think so. You have to look so, back. So, so like 15. Yeah, that's true. So uh, so that's a lot of stuff to do. So so I guess the question is, Aaron, what do you think? Where do you think this thing is going to end up? Do you think they're going to be leaving this galaxy? Because they keep pushing back things that I think are going to happen earlier. So they might not even leave this galaxy. Does that make sense? It does to me. I mean, one of two things, in my opinion, need to occur. One, they don't leave the galaxy. There's too much stuff that needs to be done there. Or two, if they do leave the galaxy, they don't show up until after um, all the all the um, movies have passed already. Um, so that would be after the sequel trilogy. Yeah. That's, that's my opinion. Well... My opinion is, is that I think they're going to leave the galaxy, okay? But. Bad choice. But I think that the, a number of people have to stay back in the old galaxy because I think there's a need for Star Wars as a whole for them to flesh out more about what's going on in that other galaxy. So that means that if there was an Ahsoka series 2, it would have to be split where things are happening in our galaxy and things are happening in this other galaxy. Right? Like, Mm. remember we talked about that someone has to stay behind. So that might just be Ahsoka, or it might just be uh, Sabine, or it might be Ahsoka and Balin. Right. Right. He has something he wants to find. And, you know, so, you know, I'm I'm, there's all types of really cool things that could happen. I really what I hope doesn't happen is. Is they basically say, hey, listen, guys, all that stuff in the new galaxy, we were just all we want to do is just give you a little taste of that and we're going to explore it in another five years. And we're going to have a then whoever's left get back to this galaxy, get back to our galaxy, and we're going to have a nice little battle with Ezra and maybe 
Shin will be with Ezra and Sabine, and they're going to battle Thrawn, and then they're going to beat him. Um, and maybe Luke shows up at the very end, but maybe not. Right? So you have all of these, again, we still don't trust them. Right? I, it, you know, I don't trust them. You don't trust them to do the right thing. So uh, we see no reason yet. We don't see any reason why they're going to not trust. They're, they, uh, we have not seen anything that's going to say they're going to do it. But all Disney has ever done is has disappointed us with these big major decisions. So we're really counting on we are really counting on them surprising us in these next two episodes with where it finishes off. Can they do it? Mm, I don't know. It's a big if. Yeah, it's a big if. So, so that's why I'm super excited about this show, and I super love this show. But we are waiting for that other foot to drop, and I and I really, hey, it's exciting, and I guess we just got to enjoy the ride right now. But, but yeah. I'm I'm fully reserving that I could absolutely love this show. But hate what they do in episode eight, and it ends up leaving a really bad taste in my mouth. So, hopefully not. Yeah, let's hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, there's so much more to talk about the, on this episode, but really, we're out of, we're out an hour and a half now. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, I, I got, got us to go. Yeah, we got <laughs> to go. So, uh but hey, uh, really, if you got thoughts on this episode, and I know there are a lot of thoughts out there, um, uh, but uh, hey, I'm just so happy that this show is, exists. If this show didn't exist, and if this show didn't do what it's doing, done so far, I'd be a very unhappy Star Wars fan. But they, but Filoni has really captured my imagination, and it's fantastic. I'm loving it. So uh, until next time, where can they find you? At DXC Podcast, all day long, all day strong. <laughs> Always makes me laugh. All right, I'm Mark V50K on on Twitter, on X. And, uh, you know, hey, if you want to come on the show and talk about the next episode, which should be really cool, then let us know, and we'd love to have you on. Otherwise, until next week, I'll see all y'all. Yeah, GTFN. All right, bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.